Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. X-Pac, one, two, three, sixty. And now, your host, Sean, X-Pac Wolfman. Welcome to what? <laughs> Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Yeah. That was nice and smooth. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, hey, so we have a good show. And once again, no guests because I want to do all the talking. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's you okay. You guys help yeah. me out here. I want to over, know, man. <laughs> I read a tweet somewhere. I forgot who wrote this, but someone said, I think it was a girl. She was like, I can listen to Sean's voice all day. Aww. So Ooh. there you go. That's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, like velvet. Okay, no, this is my command. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a big week in wrestling, Sean, and starting yeah. with StarCast. You want to tell us a little bit about what happened, how it all went down for you? Oh, well, I mean, it was just... It was such a nice week. Just over. Okay, let me. I I have a lot of words in my head, and I know how to use them. Let me fucking let me do it. <laughs> let me complete a sentence. Um, yeah, I. It was just. It was really nice, and and I didn't have to get on an airplane. I I, I drove there. It was like a five hour drive. Nice run. Nice does. Yeah. Run. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just, it's just like the last StarCast that was in Chicago with All In and all that. Just All In and all that. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Now up. we have the next one after today, All In. Uh, um, you know, compared to like the Woodstock of, of wrestling, just, it was like this big gathering of people like that just all love wrestling and, you know, um, Able to get together, nobody had to worry about anyone looking at them like they're, you know, Dribble. judging them for their silliness. Like there was a dude walking around Caesar's Palace at Starcast, and he he, he was definitely from. Well, I I, I know a thousand percent he was from wrestling because he was like, you know, uh, coming up to Lula, and you know, patting Lula and talking. To him. Anyways, he had the Starcast bracelet on, but also it was a dude. Like with the dress on, it, it was like like transgender, right. like the and no one even you know it's like it's all good, everything's good, at, at, and you know when you come to uh, when you come to something like that, like Comic Con, but for wrestling only, exactly, yeah, for sure, man, that's cool. You, know? you can be accepted for who you are, and what yeah, you represent, and no one's like, oh, look at that, you know, it's it's because it's like look at that with everyone there. Because we're all fucking nuts. That's one thing. I'm going to hop in real quick. This is Jeff from The Booth who produces the show. I'm a little bit more of an outsider with wrestling, but as I've become more and more ingrained producing the show, one of the things I love is it does seem like such an inclusive community. And I feel like my initial impression based on the little I knew is that it would have been kind of a closed sort of alpha community, but it seems like it's kind of a come one, come all type of community, which I love. Uh, There is that element, too, that you were just talking about, Jeff. There's all different kinds that, like, 
that are attracted to wrestling, and then there is that that element that might be that toxic, uh, you know, because like I don't think alpha is necessarily a bad thing. It's just like when you get into necessarily, it's not. It's just a <laughs> it's a personality type, but it gets turned into like, um, you know, uh, any like stuff having to do with toxicity, you know, right, and 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 so yeah, there is that element. You know, uh, but I'm trying to work on my you knows and ums and and all of that shit. Uh, yeah, see, sorry <laughs> guys. So bear with me when I say you know, you know, you know, um, um. But you right? raise a good point. You raise a good point. <laughs> I, like I'm a, I was a kid, I was a huge fan of Archie comics, for example. Yeah, just totally not the same thing, but kind of is. There was always a group of us are always like, oh, you love Jughead, so do I. But there was always that other group, and I was like, how dare you read these comics? You know, it was our thing. It's too popular uh-huh. now. Like yeah. it's not. It's too mainstream. I thought it was kind of weird. But you're right. Every fandom has that kind of dualism going at once. Sure, and it's like it's more per- like I don't remember it being that way when I was younger, and maybe it's just because I didn't. I don't know. I guess you know, sometimes it's just the ignorant, the the innocence of ignorance. Like you don't know, you know. I I was too busy worried about like other things and rest. Like I was too busy worried about how great the show was. Not like you know that you had different, you know, subsect subs. You know. Mm-hmm. So what the fuck am I, I trying there, to say? There there definitely is a Sub-sections lot of differences. Of the fucking you know. Of wrestling, wrestling community, fans. Yeah. But there really is, though. And you you can tell. Like, there are certain wrestling fans that are very different from other wrestling mm, fans. Yeah. You know, but it's fine because in the end, it kind of all sort of meshes yeah. in together. You know, Usually. I always notice them at live events. For example, there's always that one person that, you know, they start doing their own commentary yeah. at the shows, which is fine. The way I see it is you pay your ticket, you do what you want. As, as long, long as you're not disturbing not, everybody yeah, else. Exactly. And then there's other people, like, well, like me, that are we watching silence, you know? So mm. everybody's very different, but I think in all in all, it comes together. But one of the things that I notice is that right now, you know, after traveling to so many different wrestling events, for, like traveling for wrestling events, uh, the common thing is the fans just want to have a good time and yeah. connect with other people. Because yes. for the most part, a lot of wrestling fans just know each other through online Excellent. or whether you go to the indie shows. Like you're not really seeing like your buddy that, you know, likes AEW along along with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. You're not. You're only seeing them rare times. Yeah. So I might as well take that opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I, and honestly, I think that. Uh, it's it's more noticeable when you have certain podcast hosts that that kind of traffic in that divisiveness and mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, just like oh, you know, this these fans are snowflakes and the you know like that kind of shit, right, 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 you know, or the other way around, you know, like I just the back and forth and you know criticizing people that don't you know think like you. Sure. And sure. like when you have a podcast host, I'm not naming names because like there are, you know, there are some and, and some don't even maybe would like, I just probably don't even think they're doing it or or whatever. But, you know, when they, you know, exploit that, it's, it brings it to the service and, and uh, you know, otherwise, like, I think no one would even be, you know, everyone would be, everyone would be just too busy enjoying a fucking show. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. What was I saying? We were just talking Fuck about Starcast weekends and what you yeah. thought about the vibe yeah. and the fans. And then, um, okay, so you were there for how many days doing signings at Starcast? Friday through Sunday. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, well, well, how was the overall flow? Like, how did everything flow? Was it differently from the first show? From I mean, from the first Starcast? Uh, it was. 
Some of this, I mean, some some things move, were better just because, um, you know, trial and error and, you know, experience and learning lessons, you know, so like the scheduling was, was, um, I, you know, there was enough room to breathe in between things you were scheduled for, like when, you know, uh, on the first star cast, like that was a little bit of an issue just cause I mean, it was the first time they did it. You know, and this was the second time they 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 done it, and and on such a grand scale. You know, like of the, it's there's bound to be some things, and so, you know, um, I I didn't really notice because I wasn't too uh, caught up in what anyone else was doing. I just I, you know, my 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 experience was was mostly positive. You know, um, you know, some things. Um, I think uh, Con- uh, Conrad had a tough time, you know, with things that were out of his control, and uh, and also, you know, it's just things. You know, I was telling you kind of off air, just you know, uh, hundred and eighty dollars for a goddamn twelve pack of soda for the green room. I mean, in Caesar's Palace, yeah, a little like overpriced, that. yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I know. What we, so maybe better options for maybe the type of audience that's there. Because I know I can't afford a $180 meal, that's for sure. Right. You know, so maybe I think that you're saying that maybe it should be a little bit catered a little bit differently. I just think that... I, I, there was a price going on that stage. That was a price going to Caesar Palace. Yeah, I don't... Con, I'm pretty sure Conrad's not going to go back to Caesar's <laughs> right. fucking palace. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he's a great guy. He, everything he does is coming from a good place. And, you know, there, if anybody has any complaints, you know, uh, I get it. You know, not everything worked out how it was supposed to, mm-hmm. um, you know, but try to understand, you know, this guy's doing his best because he loves this, you know, he's one of them. And, uh, you know, he, the guy's doing his best to try to bring something amazing, you know, to the wrestling community. And, you know, and, you know, sometimes things don't go like they're supposed to, you know, and yes, as a, as a consumer or customer, you know, someone, you know, yeah, if you're not satisfied, uh, that's important. Um, I, you know, um, that's the most important thing, really. It's just try to, <clears throat> Try to take into consideration that there are some things that just you know are out of out of their control, and you're dealing with a bunch of fucking wrestlers. A lot of different personalities. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like <clears throat> guys that when you you know text them or or call them you know for their meet and greet in the morning, they're grumpy as fuck, and they just say, "Oh fuck it, I don't feel like showing up." Yikes. And what are you going to do? Force them? You know, like Conrad has to deal with all these different personalities and, and um, you know, not everyone's easy to deal with. You know, I'm not easy to deal with, and I was probably like one of the easier people he had to deal with there. So, anyways. I yeah. kind of think, too, sometimes Vegas, I think, can just bring out the worst in people, too. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah, I feel like once you've Fuck been there place. for 48 hours, yeah. it kind of sucks your soul out of your body, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always ready to leave Vegas when I'm done with it. 
It's yeah. funny because I'm that way at Comic Con, and together, bam, we got this one <laughs> mixture, right? Yeah. So now, tell us about Get High Watch Wrestling. How was that? <clears throat> it was the best. It was absolutely the best. I I wish you guys would have came. Were you? There? You were there, right? Well, you I didn't get Vegas, there, until, right? but I was only there for one day. Oh, okay. I got there double or nothing, and I left. I left the morning afterwards. So, uh, Matthew from Botchamania, he did just uh, an amazing job. Wow. About an hour long. Um, it was the the video clips he strung together about hour long, and the the music video part of it at the end. Uh, to take it home was 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 brilliant. I'm using all these words. Brilliant, amazing, you know, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> it works. Uh, um, but you said there was a lot of people there. Oh, it was jam packed. Yeah, jam packed. Yeah, people were standing standing room only. I don't know. There was uh, four hundred people, something like that. It was yeah, and uh, and Mike Lawrence and Ron were. were they just crushed it. They're so fucking funny. Uh, and I just, I didn't have much to say on this one. Some And the previous ones, I, I had more to offer, but it wasn't, you know, no one, like, everyone had a great time. Everyone loved it. I don't think anyone's going, oh, Xbox didn't say enough. You had two fucking of the funniest people in the world sitting on either side of me yeah. that were keeping the laughs going. So, awesome. um, yeah. Would you do it again? Oh, that was the last one. Okay. We don't we don't plan on doing any more of those, but um something like that should should be done. Like mm-hmm. not to get high part necessarily. Cuz that was just, you know, I mean that's yeah. You can do the whole thing without the hey, get high before let's smoke a bunch of weed beforehand. You know, if that's what somebody wants to do, like people can do their own thing. Right. You know, if someone wants to smoke a joint before they go Someone wants to have a few, you know, drinks, get loosened up, you know, whatever somebody wants to do, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't have to be the, I don't know, I told Matthew he should do that, Yeah. Um, you know, over in England, or not England, over in, over in Europe, just, uh, you know, because most of that was his, you know, hard work that was put into that, and, you know, he could find a couple comedians and, you know, do his own show like that. Well, hey, if 400 or so people are showing up, then it's definitely something people are interested in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, talk to me some All more, right. Denise. Well, I was about to say, I don't think I would have survived, though, because I remember I did one show. I was actually yeah. ring-announcing this show where everybody was smoking and getting high. Now, you guys know I don't smoke or get high or anything yeah. like that. So everything was going in, and I was just like, uh, like barely struggling to breathe and that sort of thing. But it was still pretty interesting and yeah. a different experience. So, hey, even if you don't smoke, I guess, check it out. You know, and yeah. try something different. Yeah. All right, yeah. but let's go into it. Let's talk about the big the big talk of the town right now, double or nothing. I think that this was the show <coughs> that everybody everybody was going to be like okay does AEW really really have something here now moving forward so i'm going to go ahead and say that everybody from fans to media to people in the business were overall pretty happy with the results of this show and everything that surrounded it but i want to know what your guys' thoughts were on the show but let's go ahead and do you guys just want to first give up some like overall thoughts maybe compare this one to all in was there any major differences that you thought um I didn't because I, I I was there live and I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't out in the arena for for the whole show. So I didn't like watch the show like say the average viewer, right? So uh what I noticed was a lot was a lot of similarities in the in the feel and the vi- you know, the vibe. I mean, you were there, right? right? Double R you were there at all, all I was in not too. there at all in. All okay. in I watched via T V. All, right. all right. Did you see any of this on T V? No, only from on screen. So everything that I, my whole perspective yeah. was from what was obviously there in, in person and then from the TV screens and that yeah. sort of thing where I was trying to keep an eye on the production level. Yeah. I know Flobo, you watched yeah. it on TV as well. So oh, I feel we all kind of got a different take. But just real quick, my, I think that I watched All In from home and yeah. I liked All In, but I wasn't necessarily crazy about it how everybody else was crazy about it, yeah. you know, but, you know, I don't really say that because, you know, whatever. So, but my thing was that I enjoyed Double or Nothing a whole lot more than I did All In because I felt All In was an all-star show, just like things thrown in, a bunch of big names, etc., a bunch of stuff happening. Yes. But Double or Nothing felt different in the sense of th- there's a lot happening, right, but it's all leading towards something. Yes. It felt more cohesive. It all yes. flowed very smoothly. You know, uh, I think that the pre-show, the pre-show was okay. It wasn't the greatest pre-show of all time, but I thought the main card went, like, very nicely. Sure. All right. I agree. There's a lot of parts and elements there that I like. They're building up to something else, like, to your point. Uh, we now have a better scene of the roster. AEW's on the mat, so we know what's going on. Um, first impressions, I had that kind of vibe, too, like WrestleMania or Royal Rumble, with the crowd being from all over the world. So yes. Some things that would, would have gone unnoticed by the casual viewers were exemplified, and thanks for it. Um, overall, I do think it, there were some moments, personally, where it would not really hit home for me, but this is really good for the business. I really I'd like to know what those are. Oh, right, put me in a spot right now? Yeah. So, from watching at home, even though the match themselves were great. I was not quite blown away with the chemistry of the commentary. I think there's yeah. a dual responsibility to call the moves and the holes in the ring, while also educating people about the de- different characters or even the moves themselves. And it was kind of an assumed thing that everyone watching were a wrestling super fan. So thankfully, I was lucky enough to see most of the performers and other promotions. But if I was with my casual friends and someone goes, who's that? Like, well, he was in that one thing I saw two years ago. Yeah, uh, I think there was a responsibility to really build it up. But again, overall, it's very, very minor. I know it's just the, their their first official pay per view, so there has to be some kinks in there. But overall, it was good. Yeah. So what you're saying is that this the commentary was geared toward more fans that, for example, they watch every week being the elite on YouTube, Absolutely. and they actually really, really like hardcore fans versus more of a mainstream newer audience, maybe even a WWE audience that's heading into this. Sure. And I know right now for this event, you don't only really have to do that. I mean, this is definitely your your display. This is where your grandstand. But eventually, you have to keep those people in mind if you want to get more people in the door. Yeah. Uh, I. I I'm hoping and assuming that the the announced team will, you know, with more time working together, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, get get some chemistry going. Uh, it was yeah, I I I, just, I know what you mean. I like I wasn't watching um, a lot of the show to where I could hear the commentary. You know, some of it I was standing like out on the side of the stage or or whatever, and I didn't even get there until. Um, Right before Jack Evans and, and Angelico went out there for their match with yeah. uh, Chucky and, and Trent. That was good. Yeah, so that's when I showed up. Got it. Um, so 
So, but did you like where, because one of the things I did like, I don't know if you liked this as well, was where they actually stationed stations, the announce team. I thought it looked really like high class. Yeah. I didn't see it. Oh, so they had basically, well, you could see it from the screens. That's why they were up on the top, sort of on like the the, what, the second level of the MGM Grand. Yeah. And they had the view of the audience. So it was very nice. I thought it looked really professional. Oh, so they were pretty far away from the ring. Yeah, they were behind wow. the behind the stage. I think it was stage left. I, I, stage right, stage left. I don't know. But it, it looked really good on the screens and stuff like that. But yeah, okay, so let's go ahead and start it off. I will Hangman Adam Page won the Casino Battle Royale, which yeah. was a little bit different. Personally, I wasn't too crazy about how this was set up in terms of like the 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 what was it, four or five people five coming years. out to each deck of the cards. I thought that was a little bit uh maybe not a confusing oh, they had a different- but it felt slow. Oh, so they had it wasn't just like your battle royal where, Right. I mean people came out and it was like a gimmick like I think it was like every three or five minutes. Yeah, three or five minutes. Oh, so five it was, guys it came was like waves. rumblish. Yeah, it was like rumblish yeah. with a battle royale yeah. type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I just know that uh, I saw I saw a clip of of Paige doing his like handspring into the ring clothesline yeah. thing and look like he took the guy's head off. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And no, there were some really yeah. good moments there. Yeah, I like the I like this. I don't know. I saw Tommy Dreamer. Post a gif of Sonny Kiss ramming his face into his yeah. <laughs> I loved that. I thought that was great. Yeah. I just got to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, um, that I, and I like that about AEW. They've had, th- you know, Sonny Kiss there and different. Uh, they just, I like that. I like their, I like all that shit. Tommy like Dreamer the, got a huge pop from the audience. Good. He fucking deserves it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I feel like he's one of those guys that everyone just likes across all the board. Like, across every company, you've yeah. seen him appear everywhere. So you got to imagine, like, Tommy Dreamer must be one of the nicest guys. Yeah. I've never met him or anything, but I'm just assuming from seeing him everywhere. Any, any other standouts in the Battle Royal? Uh, definitely. Oh, there was a few, actually. But it was mainly, obviously, Hangman Page. There, was, there wasn't that many pops for that many people, to tell you the truth. Hey, and Luchasaurus I got, a lot of, got a lot of time in there, huh? They yeah. did. It looks like they're doing something with him, for Good. sure. Oh, and Marco Stunt. By the way, when Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus came out together, because I was seeing like this side angle view, oh my God, I could not believe the size difference. Okay. Yeah. It was insane. I was just like, oh my God, I knew Marco Stunt. Stunt was tiny, but seeing him right next to Luchasaurus, I was like, "Wow!" Then you have a brother or something, too. Marco Stunt. I, I think I see name. like, sure. yeah, but I see like a somebody like another stunt, like a stunt brother or something. I don't know. I saw that. Yeah, I know. I'm not crazy. I believe it. Well, I, yeah, good to see like Luchasaurus on a big platform. I mean, I saw him bar wrestling a couple of times, and, and he's totally over the crowd over there. And, and I and I like that. I I just. I told him, I said, man, you know, you're fucking, like, have you ever seen Austin without, like, the mask and all that? I have not. He's a big old, like, you don't need to cover that face up with the mask is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got an amazing look, you know? And it's sometimes, and we were talking about this, you know, sometimes you can let yourself hang out a lot more and... Uh, do a lot more when you're, you know, f- like under a mask. It's like you can be somebody else, and you know. Then it's like if if you look foolish, it's not you looking foolish. It's the 
you know, the character or whatever. And, um, yeah, we were talking about that. It, it's a thing, you know, like I even just wearing a pair of sunglasses out to the ring. Yeah. When you're doing a, a, a promo, you know, to hide, like to hide behind a pair of sunglasses. Right. So people don't see your gear spinning. Like, um, is yeah. that ultimately the better way to do it? Or would you argue uh, that having the microaggressions of your face and seeing how you react to things might be more beneficial? Or it depends. Just... I mean, it's some, you know, we all have, like, you know, I talk about this in, uh, recently on the Performance Center doc uh, they put out when I was down there. Um, how, and then, you know, they were talking about the Hall of Fame induction. And I'm, I've always been scared of talking in public. Mm. You know, so, uh, yeah, there's different ways you cope with that, you know, and some, some people do that, you know, let me wear these sunglasses out there, even though, you know, we're inside and it's not bright out or, you know, something, (laughs) whatever. Uh, you know, I, you do what you can, you know, to, to get past things like that I don't know how I got off on this fucking subject. Get me back on track here. I just think that. Honestly, I'm I'm a bigger fan of a guy that, you know, should be wearing the mask if he yeah. if he needs to. Yeah. Because think about it. If Luchasaurus, for example, didn't have this character that he did and he was, I don't know, just a random Joe Schmo, you know, and let's say he had all the abilities that he has now. Yeah. But the truth is you need something extra to get you over with that audience. So I think that sometimes it's a lot better. Like think of some think of some guys that you that are, you know, big lucha stars or wear their mask or whatever, and you know what they look like without their mask like think about it like do you think they'd probably be as over without that mask oh my god or think about some some guys that that, or some guys that don't have a mask and i've seen them in the ring and i'm just like man if that guy had a mask i might help him out you know a little bit more with with his personality and really getting out there because there's some guys that i've seen that are very good in the ring but either a they're not connecting with the audience or two they're just not really selling it you know absolutely like for instance like if you have ever seen a like hair versus mask or mask or a contra mask or a match like two legends in Mexico and then you know one loses and they pull the mask off and it's like holy fuck put the mask back on <laughs> yeah. or not even that but like holy fuck that's the, the guy he looks like the you know my fucking middle school teacher or just some normal dude he don't look you know yeah but yeah the, the mask is yeah Maybe you shouldn't have lost your mask, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I can think of a few specifically. <laughs> All right. All right, so moving on, one of the other matches, I don't know if you guys want to talk. Well, you said that you saw Best Friends uh, and Angelico and Jack Evans, a tag team match. Yeah, what did I you saw think about Jack. That? It was, I, I came in right as they were going to the ring, and I saw Jack like walking on his hands down to the ring. Uh, you know, Jack, I, Jack used to live with me. Jack and I used to oh, live together, cool. yeah. Yeah, for quite a while. It was great. I mean, it wasn't the best time in my life, but for where I was in my life, it was it was great, uh, relatively speaking. You know, I mean, w- uh, we had good times and um, we had good ma- great matches, and uh, uh, it was fun. It was so great to see him, and that he's doing great, and he's a father and a, and a, and a good husband, and. Uh, just a really good dude really good fucking guy uh and so i'm really happy you know when i it was so great to see that guy did you guys get to talk at all oh yeah tons yeah 
Did he say anything? Well, did he say anything cool yeah. or notable? <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing I can share. All right, all right, all right. Bonus yeah, content. He, you know, yeah. he smart me up to a couple of things. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I think that what I saw from Twitter's perspective on this was everybody. I saw some people messaging me on my time, like, like, oh my god, Angelico and Jack Evans. Like, either they hadn't seen them before, or maybe hadn't seen them very often, and they were just like, man, my mind is blown. And I just kept thinking, like, hell yeah, like these these two guys are great together. And now I'm just thinking too, like, I hope that I hope that with AEW, I, I hope that they're really branded well too, because I think they'll really connect with the with with the audience if they're branded really well and really really push them. I think they'll definitely have something with them there. And it was it was a good. Good uh, precursor to what tag team wrestling could look like in the company. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, Flo, I know, Sean. I know. I don't know if you watched the women's match that was actually prior, but I did want to mention since Flobo, you did watch it on TV. Sure. Did the did the huge pop for Awesome Kong come through oh, on absolutely. television? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at it from the from the WWE perspective, if you're still watching that, you know, Karma debuted and then disappeared. But if you just take that little part of her career, Awesome Kong was a beat or is a beast uh, doing what she does in the ring. So to have her come unannounced was definitely the surprise that 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 division definitely made it made it worthwhile. Because I know Britt Baker was amazing uh, in that match, and so was Kylie Ray as well. But having that having Kong show up and have her go to toe with with Nyla was definitely like the extra icing on the cake. I think, though, that Awesome Kong sort of uh, definitely overshadowed Nyla. I think Nyla, probably out of the four women, was not the strongest mm, in this match, fair. though. You know? So I think that that was the one thing. Because you, you see her in the match. And then once Awesome Kong comes in, she sort of replaces her in this match, you know? Mm. But, I mean, overall, I really I really did like this match, too. And I thought Kylie Ray, Ky- Kylie Ray's character is really going to be something. Well, can I ask you a question, then? Would, if you were being fantasy booker, would you keep it a triple threat and then have, like, Kong come after the match result? That way they both shine? I or? just think that the match would have been the same with or without Nyla. Okay, fair. That sort of thing. Fair, like, it didn't fair, really fair. make a difference, fair. you know? But... But yeah, so okay, moving on to probably which was the match that sort of made this event, if you want to say, a Cody defeating Dustin. This was the ultimate storytelling match. A lot of people it are comparing this. It was the best this. match of the night. There you go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It was the best match of the night, and not nothing against, you know, not because when you say that, it's like some people go, you know, like that's a put down on, on any other match that was because there was great match. This is one of the. I mean, arguably one of the best pay-per-views, I don't know, some people say ever, mm-hmm. from their, you know, from in their minds, you know, just because of the significance of it all. Um, and that was the best match on the show. If you go by the crowd reaction and the sustained heat from beginning to end, not, um, okay, there's there's moments, there's like, Okay, because there's great matches to where the people are going fucking apeshit, and then there's, you know, parts of the match where they're dead and fucking quiet until they get them going again. You know what I mean, right? Right. Even some of the the really great matches that have been talked about recently, you find, you know, quiet spots, you know, in in those matches that, like, ideally you don't want to have. Right. Uh, and and this match didn't have that. The fucking people were crazy the whole way through, from what I could tell. And even the post match stuff. What you Absolutely. think about that part? Yeah, it was so great. Just, I mean, you know, when I talk about the sh- the, the the really important stuff is not the moves; it's the stuff in between the moves, and that's all 
like the shit that they did here, here, like the stuff they did in between the moves was brilliant. Was just fucking, you know, it was so great. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm so happy uh, for both of those guys, but Dustin especially, because Dustin, you know, he's he's admittedly he's talked, he's been very open about like his struggles and all that, and and a lot of that has to do with uh, self image, and you know. And not thinking, you know, as high enough about yourself as you should. And and like, so when I see him go out there and do that and everyone, you know, piling praise on him for it that he deserves, it just makes me really happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To uh, me, not taking anything away from Cody, but I thought Dustin was the star of this he match. Was. Mm-hmm. He was. Yeah. You know, prior to this match, I said, I was telling my fiance who was sitting right next to me, I told him, like, man, imagine how good this match would have been. This was prior to the match, okay? I was like, imagine how good this match would have been had we had a few weeks of, like, a real, real, you know, televised uh, build towards this match. And part of me, I thought that I wasn't going to get as into this match or that maybe other people weren't going to get as into this match just because we didn't have a full story to get behind of. But it turns out that I was completely wrong because it sort of started... From started from almost like the end of a story, but also with all the other stuff that we already knew from their history from years and years yeah. prior, yes. sort of in, was implied with this match. So I thought that's that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I also love the build that they had on that being the elite show. You know, you have Dustin retired goalless character and then going to himself, but then you had Cody cut that amazing promo saying, "I'm not going to beat my brother. I'm not defeat. I love my brother, but yeah. he just represents that old guard, that old attitude, era kind of thing, and I'm going to destroy that." And so, even if you didn't know about Goldust or even Black Rain, I mean, let's be, let's be honest, you had something going in there, going like, "What's going to happen between these two? For sure, a seven, a seven, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, that was sticky back. That's awesome. <laughs> like this gimmick is weird. <laughs> I, I, so also, when I first started in wrestling, um, and I'm, I'm like 15 years old, uh, uh, I was around Dustin a lot. We, you know, we didn't. I didn't wrestle. Like we, we both like would hang out at uh, Brett Sawyer. You know, I don't know if you know who Buzz and Brett Sawyer were. They were wrestling brothers, kind of like the original Steiner brothers, actually. Uh, Buzz was fucking nuts, but we uh, we hung out there, nasty boys and Dustin, and they worked for Florida Championship Wrestling, and I I was a Malenko guy, um, yeah, so I I was around Dustin a little bit there, and and, and I actually met Dustin for the first time when I was about ten years old. He was at one of the wrestling shows with his dad. Um, yeah, no, Dustin a long time. Uh, I was so happy for that guy. Did you guys talk to him at the uh, Just a little bit. Event? Yeah, enough. How do, what enough. was his mood? Was was this prior or after his match? Um I'm sure he was I'm sure he was I'm sure he was in, you know, his mood was amazing. Uh it's just he's very middle like you know, um you don't see any real huge sway in emotion. Like the stoic. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty stoic and or just you know, just kinda laid back vibe, you know? Like you couldn't tell looking at him that he was on cloud nine, but he was. Oh awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> 
All right, so moving on, we had a very shocking surprise appearance by Bret Hart, who that was just everybody lost their mind the second his his music hit and they saw his name on the Titantron. It was insane. Uh, He came out to introduce the AEW title. So what did you think about that? Were you shocked? Were you surprised? Not a lot shocks me. So no, no, I wasn't shocked. A little bit surprised just because you're surprised just because, like, okay, it catches you off guard. You didn't, you know. It was a good surprise. I uh, and, and, and picked a really good person uh, for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did yeah, and the belt was great looking. Does it, I mean, I can't help but to wonder, does that, you know, what are the implications of something like that? You what know? do you mean? Like coming on to the show as Bret Hart, you know, coming, being here on AEW, and then, you know, people are obviously like wondering, like, you know, what does that mean towards his relationship with WWE? Does it does it mean anything? Uh, I don't know. Or I'm you not think he's sure. just at the, the phase where, like, I'm Bret Hart. I can he's do Bret Hart. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, he's Bret the Hitman Hart. Um, oh, fuck. I, was, I had a thought, too. Boy, imagine that. Me with the thought. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying the belt design was pretty cool. I know it looks pretty large and looks definitely different than what, what WWE's doing right now. Uh, anything in particular that you found that was most attractive about I it? I just like that it wasn't the conventional design that you see. Uh, you know what I mean? It just, it wasn't a, because a lot of the belt designs, they have a similar look to them. Yeah. You know, and like the shape, everything about it. I just thought it had a, a really, really neat, very classy, and just, just beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, um, I really enjoyed that segment too. I thought MJF. I, I think he's great. I've known. I, I recognized him. I think he was about seventeen or eighteen when I first met him, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Just keep on doing what you're doing, you know. Uh, um, I met his mom and dad actually at Starcast. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, they're proud of their boy. I guess. Yeah, yeah, because the, the father came up to me and goes, "Oh, I'm father of MJF." He was telling me you recognized him before he was ever even MJF, and I'm like, "Actually, yeah." Now that you mention it, you know, I just, you know, I just told him, "Yeah, you're gonna do something." It's not, you, you know, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm sure I'm not the only one that told him that, right? So well, that brings up a good question. How does it feel now in, in this part of your career and people come up to you and say, oh, I watched you or you helped train me or you gave me the advice I need to become the person I am today? I mean, is that kind of surreal or is it? Is it like- no, it's not surreal. Yeah. I'm used to it. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I just I used to not put as much stock into it. It used to be just like I was grateful. I was like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. But, uh, you know, I look at it a whole lot. It's. I look at it a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand the magnitude of somebody, you know, um, being inspired by you or, you know, having, I understand the magnitude and you know, like, uh, of having an impact in somebody's life because that's fucking powerful, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and when somebody, you know, a positive impact, a positive impact because I'm not, I'm not, my life has not been filled with all positive things. So the fact that, um, you know, I hear that even now, it's just, you know, it's great. I'm fucking, I'm incredibly grateful for that. 
Brody King had a good story when he came on to our show and he said that you suggested he changed his gear oh, and yeah. he did it and he was like, <laughs> I felt the difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was telling, you know, because that's what I was telling Luchasaurus. Uh, I was like, dude, it's, and it's the same with Brody. I'm like, your gimmick is you. Like, look at all the tattoos and like, look at your hair and your beard and just the way you look. And I'm like, you know, because bro, Brody King, he had these fucking ugly ass trunks on that, like that was, I mean, they were busier than the fucking tattoos he had. And I'm like, dude, black trunks, come on, man. Your fucking, your gimmick is on your body. You don't need to, you know, like the the, the plain, the plain fucking looking people are the ones that need fancy looking trunks with the bunch of designs on them and tassels because they're and boring looking yeah astute yeah, for sure. yeah well he made the note and it definitely worked out for it him so good for him it's the main reason why he's successful right now so anyways um yeah back to the brett the brett hart uh um segment with the belt uh, mjf and uh, who else was out there adam page right yeah. yeah, they had like they had a few run-ins. I yeah. think after a while, it kind of got very, kind of got very distracted. Where for a while, you didn't. You, I think it took them a bit to actually debut the bout. Yeah. I remember for a while, I had time to like almost draft a tweet saying, "Well, what happened to the bout?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like there was so much going on. Yeah, so I one of the things that that I was amused by was. Um, that was neat for me was watching how amused Brett was out there listening to MJF. And his line about making all a joke. Yeah. Just all of it. I could see him like kind of smiling and like I could tell he was genuinely having a good time out there. And uh and so you know, something happened and I'm not sure when or I'm well I'm obviously it was at the end, but um uh, apparently he fell because when I went back in, in his dressing room and, and Brett and I we talked we had a long conversation about different things. And, but when I first walked in there, he's just sitting there with his wife and he's got this huge bag of ice on his wrist. And, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, you get fucking jumped at the Hall of Fame. And now, like, I mean, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. And he told me, yeah, I fell. And, yeah. Wow. Uh, but, you know, he was just, he wasn't mad about it. He was just, yeah, I fell. And then we got up a little bit later. Like he was like, ah, my hips bother me a little bit. And, but he still, he was. And then like he was up walking around uh, after the show, like um, for quite a while. And you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully he's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, he's probably. You know, the next day you're even more sore than yeah. yeah. You know, so I was like, oh fuck, Brett. Hope you're not <laughs> feeling too bad today. I didn't catch that when he fell. Like in the live audience, I didn't see it at all. Me neither. You know, so I'm like, I don't even know how it happened. I mean, when exactly it happened. But, you know, I think everybody was just still like, well, I'm sure obviously some people saw, you know, in the the live events. Obviously, they didn't didn't put that on on the air, you know. But so it was just pretty interesting because I think everybody was so distracted with everything that was happening. The new bout going online and posting the Bret Hart's here and a whole look at the bout. And what do you think about it? So all this, there's just so much distraction or a lot going on. And uh, what else was I going to say about the Bret stuff? Oh, fuck. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, because I hadn't seen him since the, the the Tom McGee documentary came out, and he was we were talking about that because 
I don't know, you remember me talking about um, how I I thought they gave up on Tom too quick and that they could have, you know. And Brett's like, you know, we were talking about it the other day at, during this. And he's like, yeah. He didn't use these exact words, but basically he was telling me you had had your work cut out for you on that one. So he didn't agree with you. <laughs> Not that he didn't agree with me. He's just saying, like, this was what, you know. Because yeah. we talked about it many, many years ago, but it had been, you know, it's been 25 closer to 30 years since I rem- we had that conversation and you know it was just we had a good conversation about it and he thanked me for um kind words I had about him like I was just telling the truth yeah. you know they asked me how good was Brett I'm like he's fucking as good as he said he was it's the truth mm-hmm. so yeah all right did you want to add anything else about that or uh la, 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 la. no all right. Well, moving on. We're... Real quick question for you guys. Yeah, Just as someone who's a little outside of um, AEW and WWE, do you feel like they did anything with this inaugural event to really distinguish themselves from WWE? Like, All kinds of shit. What do you feel like were some of the biggest takeaways that you saw specifically that really distinguished this as a brand? Uh, oh, I don't know. I, it's just, it just the, the look of it, uh, the, the way the met. It's just there's a different style, like, God damn it, Jeff. Why do you got to ask me the tough questions? <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I just, it's, you know, this is a big outing for AEW. So I'm just, you know, it's, it seems like just aesthetically they're really going for something kind they're of. They're going, they're, they're presenting their show, uh, they're presenting their product as a, as a more like athletic contest oriented product. Like it's not just, oh, this is just sports entertainment. So we can get away with having a bunch of comedy segments and, you know, and just, different things and not really care about wins and losses and you know they're focusing on wins and losses mattering uh which get makes the matches mean more you know yeah it's cool uh things like that well it seems like a really positive outing from what i'm reading so congrats to them yeah for sure congrats it's actually jeff the the truth is it's congratulations to the wrestling industry overall for especially the talent yeah, it's huge. Talent it's huge. all in all, like the talent in WWE, talent there, talent everywhere. Mm. It just makes it so much better for everyone. Absolutely. All right. Well, moving on, we also had the Young Bucks defeating the Lucha Brothers, and which was a pretty. I think they said that this match almost went half hour. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After the last, one? after the all in when they got screwed on their oh, time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were making sure <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. They weren't last. Uh, at all in, right? They um, yeah. Were they last? Yeah, they were on last. That's they why they're the, mad. Like, the That's where they're sh- match. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I saw some really cool shit in that match. I was watching off to the side, kind of the side of the stage where the jib camera was. Um. So yeah, and uh, so they followed Cody, but they had that Brett you know, belt segment in between that really helped because, boy, that Cody and Dustin match was a motherfucker to follow, I bet. But it kept the energy up, though. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. they did. They did a great job of following that. It was really smart the way they they put that segment with Brett in the the middle there, you know, kind of just for a little breathing room. And, um, yeah. It kind of kept the fans going like, what's next? I'm yeah. ready for it, you know? Yeah. It wasn't like, okay, there, I'm, I had all this energy, now I'm down. And no. Just, and just some of the some of the spots, you know? Some of the spots were just 
<laughs> it's the super brain buster thing that you know like tribute to generico yeah um i just uh, there's some of that stuff and 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 it's not just the stuff itself it's just uh, the where they place it um eh, trying to get all into the weeds on like how matches work and whatnot but um yeah, please do. I, yeah, I, no, I if just I can inquire more about the placement. You mean placement of the match or the no, really... just the move, the moves and the spots, and then and you know, uh, and the flow of the match and the back and forth and and uh, but also not told a good not story. rushing things and letting things breathe and and just yeah, because when you work in that when you when you work that fast and you're that lightning quick like. And at the same time, you work a you work a, a, a you know a lightning quick pace. It's hard to digest all that. And I think they did a really good job of you know of doing all this stuff, but having a nice methodic pace. Mm. That so okay, you can. It's like different courses of a meal. You know, you can uh, you can enjoy each section. Sean, is it okay if I disagree with you on that part? You're more than welcome to. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's just, okay, so, like, me, when I thought, okay, the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers, I'm expecting, like, fast, 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 fast pace, right? Because that's what you would think with going into this match. Prior after watching you get the story, you know, Bucks are a little rusty, this is going to play into the part of the finish, blah, blah, blah. But for me, because I already was thinking, okay, the Young Bucks are one of the top tag teams out there, right? There's the Young Bucks, there's the Lucha Brothers, and then there's Alex. To me, those are like the top tag teams out there right now. So my thing was, okay, I've seen Lucha Brothers LAX go at it. So this is what I'm expecting as a match at that caliber or maybe even a little bit higher or around that caliber. And to me, I didn't feel it was it was there, you know? Like, this is taking away nothing from the match. But to me, I had higher expectations after seeing what the Lucha Brothers and LAX could do. I was having higher expectations and also because I genuinely like that fast-paced, non-stop, keep-going style. And so for me, like, that's what I was like, kind of like watching. I was like, okay, this is good. Great. I love this part. Good. I like this going. But it didn't really rile me up my seat and make me go like, oh, my God, what mm. am I watching? You know, sort of yeah. deal. You heard but that it was there just from me. Denise Salcedo. The Young Bucks <laughs> and the Lucha Brothers was not good. No, I didn't say well, it wasn't good. I just didn't, I didn't think it was at the caliber of LAX Lucha Brothers, but that's not taking away from anything. If anything, that's exciting to me to say, hey, there's more out there and you can throw that all in and there. Also, your opinion is wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't think opinions can be wrong. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Denise. No, it's okay. But I don't know <laughs> if there's you. anybody yeah. else that hey, feels that hey, so way. I'm sure there is. You know, so I'm sure hey. there is. I, I didn't see Lucha Brothers and fucking LAX. So I did I wasn't judging it on anything but what I was watching. Um in in the building, and uh, so yeah, I wasn't I wasn't judging it off. I wasn't comparing it to anything. Uh, so I can see why if you're comparing it to something else, it might you know disappoint you, Denise. I'm sorry, but I do that sometimes. <laughs> I do that. Like if I see I'll certain say, if I see certain guys in a match with another guy, and then afterwards I think okay, they're gonna have this type of match with this type of guy. Yeah. I think okay, well I'm gonna compare it to this match. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't absolutely. compare their match to 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 Cody and Dustin. Why? Because it's two totally different things. I'm gonna compare it to something that is sort of similar with guys that are somewhat in that same style sort of deal. So, yeah, so that's where my whole thing comes from. I can't help it. Don't ever ask permission 
on my show to have a dissenting opinion, Denise. I think I've talked to you about yeah, that. Yeah, I thought about an application like everybody else. No, I, I'm kind of in the middle. I feel like if the, the match was on itself and I was showing someone, it was kind of slow-paced and, and it wasn't on that level of that match. However, the fact that it came after Cody and Dustin and before the other build main event, I was okay with being in a palate cleanser. So I'm kind of two worlds here, and I think the match was, was solid. I mean, or even a little better than solid, but overall. Sometimes when, they, when you follow a, a match that like drains the people but i don't know if yeah i don't know what what the anyways next <laughs> <laughs> all right uh jericho defeating kenny omega what did you think about this match you know we've seen them go at it before i watched the match see that's the thing like i don't want i hope we don't uh advertise this when we Put the title of the show up. I hope we don't like this. is This isn't a rundown of even though we're running down the show. Like, like this isn't a real like double or nothing review because I didn't see all the show right. right. So, um, so I was watching that from from Brett's dressing room, and there wasn't really any sound. So like I couldn't I couldn't tell how the crowd was. How was the crowd in and out at some point? In and out. Yeah. It seemed that from watching on TV was pretty even, but yeah, it wasn't as, like, as hot as the Dustin and Cody match. And uh, how did they buy the finish? You know what? I kind of felt the finish came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I wasn't really, I wasn't prepared to see the finish yet. That sort of deal. Like I was watching, and then I think I turned to look at those because at the screens because I was yeah. going back and forth, and then I turned back and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, "I missed the finish," yeah. and because I wasn't, I didn't see it coming. Usually, when you see the coming, the, the the finish coming, you're like, "Okay, I'm watching. I'm waiting for the finish." Okay, oh, there it is, or oh, it's not there. So maybe it'll come soon. You know, when they do like near falls or something like that. You, you there's a moment in the match where you think it might be happening, so you're yeah. really, really focused. But when you don't really see it coming, that's kind of where I was taken aback. Yeah. How much? How long was the match? I don't know. Actually, it was about. It was. It was a good. It was pretty it was solid. Pretty, twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah, I didn't feel too long, and it didn't feel too short to me, at least. Yeah, I was uh, surprised the back elbow. I mean, that's a very hard. That's move a move he taught. He talked about that he was debuting as his finisher. Twenty-seven minutes, even lead, leading into uh, the show, he was. You know, he posted videos of him training and training for that and and practicing that. So I mean, there was. It wasn't just like, ah, where did that come from? As in, you know, I mean, he did, he did announce that was me as a new finisher. So, um, yeah, I, Chris does like, so he's not out having matches every week. Like the, the rest of, you know, I don't know, you know, how many matches Kenny Omega's having these days, but. Um, when you're not out there working all the time, you know, it's tough to go out there and do a, a fucking five minute match, let alone a 30 minute match. It's brutal. And I, I, you could tell, like, um, he chugged his way through that. I could tell, like, you could tell, like getting toward the end there, you know, and, and Jer and Chris looked pretty banged up actually mm-hmm. when I saw him. Well, then Ken- Kenny had a broken nose. Yeah, our, I heard he had one going into it. Yeah, I was a little confused if he had it before or he got yeah. it during the match, but it seemed yeah. like he got it before because Cody was like, oh, uh, Kenny wrestled with a broken nose. And then, yeah, so mm-hmm. 
I don't know. But um, John Moxley's debut yes. happened during this match. Well, yeah. post match. What did we? I mean, I think the rumors and theories were a lot of people were like, okay, this is going to happen. But I think sort of at this point in the show, we kind of moved. We kind of thought like maybe it wasn't going to happen. I don't know. Did it come as a surprise? No. No. You. Are you, right? You're shocked. No, it's just like, I mean, it's, you, exp- why would he have left WWE? To go on a, you know, on a, an extended excursion to find himself? Like, you know, <laughs> you know, go out into the wilderness and travel to seven seas I or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, um, it was, you know, it doesn't have to be shocking to me for me to feel that, you know, you know, you get the goosebumps and you see like the, the you feed off the energy, like, because the, the fucking reaction was deafening, yeah. you know, like you couldn't hear yourself think. And the people, and it was at a fever pitch, you know, sustained fever pitch the whole time, you know, and, uh, and then it would like, and then there would be pops from there. Like it was just, it was at a fever pitch. And then when they would do something, it would pop even higher. And you don't see it as much, you know. Like you don't get those; those moments are are really rare. It was pretty you know? crazy seeing him on top yeah. of the chips with his arms up up in the air, and I was like, oh man, like that that's that's a photo yeah. op. Yeah. This, this wasn't necessarily a free agent. This wasn't someone who had their tenure and walked away. I mean, I mean. The former Dean Ambrose still had a bunch of his prime years left, and then he decided to say, "Look, I'm going to get out of this contract. I'm going to opt out." And if it did feel like this may be one of the title shifts, right? Having him come in, we have the picture here in the studio uh, after uh, uh, giving that DDT to, to Kenny Omega and saying, "Hey, look, there is no accepted rules or, or what we think this is going to be. It's yeah. out the window." Yeah. yeah. And it looks like uh, John Moxley is also going to be working with New Japan. He's already set to have a match on June fifth against Juice Robinson for the IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Title at Best of the Super Juniors Final again June fifth. I'm pretty excited for this match. I think that John Moxley's brawling style is going to be new, unique for New Japan, yeah. and I like the fact that he's working with Juice Robinson because I feel like Juice Robinson has become that guy where he's that measuring stick between the New Japan style and the American style. And you know he's worked with guys like Sammy Callahan. He's worked with with Cody, so I think that this is going to be a pretty good mix to see, and I'm, I'm I'm interested in seeing how this relationship is going to work. Where obviously his prime contract is with AEW, but he's also able to work these New Japan dates. So I'm very interested to see how it's going to work together. And I think that the pros are for this that you know New Japan does if they want to continue this U.S. expansion, they are going to need you know American guys to kind of draw some of that audience in. There, I can't imagine. Um, New Japan being able to use Dean Ambrose in the United States. Oh, that's right. I forgot because he's the international dates. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't see that. And if I was AEW, I would not allow that. Um, just, hey, you got you have to have distinctions between brands. Sure. Especially coming into like how the, the, the climate of the industry now, like you know, like I was telling Conrad when he was on the show, like I knew the the kumbaya days were coming to an end after All In. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody not WWE sells ten thousand tickets in thirty minutes, and uh, you know, eyebrows get raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, and 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 yeah, we talked about this. Before. 
Ooh, I've mentioned this before, like the the conf- the brand confusion between like Impact and MLW, right? In the past, I think it's I think Absolutely. I think they're like kind of like, get more distinct, you know. Just, uh, words, Sean. <laughs> words. I have them in my head. I need to use them better. Uh, I think that there's. It, you could tell the difference between the two brands a lot more now than you could maybe six months ago where they were a lot of the same talent was on both shows. Right. Any of the same talent still going back and forth? I haven't been keeping up with MLW as much, to tell you the truth. Huh. So I would have to circle back on that one. Yeah. But I just – I it makes me very curious like, you know, with now with AEW and all of that, like – what does this mean for wrestling? You know, like obviously this probably doesn't look too good for the indies, I think, because, you know, a lot of the talent that is good, once the fi- people find out they're good, people yeah. are going to be reaching, whether it's MLW, Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE, AEW, etc. You know, people are going to be taking talent off for a while. So I know that that's definitely going to change the indie scene. And then it also makes me wonder, you know, are other companies like Ring of Honor, MLW or whoever, are they going to be able to keep up, you know, if AEW and uh, AEW and WWE are like the strong forces, you know. So it, it's going to be, I think, very interesting to see who really hangs on there. Mm. I can see some the the small the indies that are the independent promotions that are smaller. You know, the, like the I don't know MLWs or the Impacts or whatever. Or, I don't know, or even smaller than that, but they still do you know decent business. On their, sh- you know, when they run shows like Northeast Wrestling, Big Time Wrestling, Maryland Championship Wrestling, uh, out here on the, on the West Coast, like all pro wrestling. Um, PWG. P. Well, no, I mean they're just kind of their own little yeah, thing, Absolutely. and I don't see them, you know, saying they're part of anything but fucking PWG. <laughs> but uh, you know, like PCW out PCW, here, PCW. Joey, you know. Uh, I can see all these in, independent promotions at some point aligning with one or the other, kind of like Evolve does with uh, WWE mm-hmm. or even other groups like in in Europe and in, in, you know in the UK like Insane Championship Wrestling or you know things like that where there's an elu- there's a loose alliance with you know WWE and I see you know like these guys. Leading up to all of this, showing up at all these different independent shows, you know, um, Young Bucks and Cody and different people. and It just makes me think that those promotions can be like the local promotions, you know, for an AEW or, right. I mean, almost like, yeah, just there. Because there's always been when a big company runs shows in an area they always have the local promoters yeah um i don't know i'm just riffing and thinking out loud so now do you think that AEW proved themselves to be a viable competitor with WWE? well i mean they're off to a really good start yeah okay and uh the the press coming out and the buzz coming out of that show uh i it, I can't imagine it being any more positive than it is. I mean, it's it was a home run. The show's a home run in every sense of the word. I mean, I, financially, everything. Yeah. I mean, even if they didn't, 
even if no one bought the pay-per-view. Fuck, the live gate was really big. Yeah, the show was cross-promoted on the NBA playoffs, so impressions yeah. were through the roof. Now, yeah. what do you have to say to those fans that, because I think that some fans think that you either have to be an AEW fan, AEW fan, or a WWE fan. I feel like some fans are in that school of thought where you're yeah. either or. Tribalism. Or, you know, but I, I don't feel everyone can associate with that. I can't imagine myself mm. just being a fan of one promotion um, and not being a fan of another promotion, that sort of thing. So do you have any thoughts on that? Or- yeah, I look, people are going to be how they're going to be. And, they, and you know, you get you feel like you're part of this thing and you want to, you know, be for it. And, you know, to be for it, you got to be against this. And eh, it's silly to me, but I get it. I just think it, you know, so like, let's, let's, so let me get this right. You're, you're hoping that this company goes down the shitter. Like, like it's, I mean, look what happened last time, you know, like that, that happened. Right. You know, it didn't serve wrestling well at all. Well, yeah, because that's When WCW went under. Well, I was going to ask you, like, for, like, you know, it's different, you know, so I, I didn't live through the Monday Night Wars. I was a kid, so I only half of understood. I didn't really understand what was happening. I didn't understand that until later on in my life, you know, but... It's very different for some people are also the ones that are anti-AEW. It's very different for them because they grew up just WWE and people having sort of WWE being on top and having a competitor. It doesn't seem plausible to some people's minds and they don't want it and they don't want the change, that sort of thing. So now what do you say to those fans that, you know, don't really see why this is good for wrestling? Who the fuck? What fans are those? <laughs> you, you haven't seen the people that want AEW to fail on Twitter and stuff like that. There's really? people that don't don't want AEW to to succeed. Yeah, I, I just Denise, you know, like there's there's this expression, vocal minority. Like everyone has a everyone has a uh, a voice on social media, and a few of them like you know pop up and. I mean, because oh, it might seem like a lot, but let's let's be honest. Like, I mean, how many? What's the percentage of people that really feel that way? Mm. May I mean, who knows? But I have a feeling it's really a kind of a really vocal minority, like just really small right. sliver of of people. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe I got my head in the sand. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't get why anyone would truly want. Want them to fail, unless they're just trolling. Maybe, perhaps. Or you know, maybe they're. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's a counter to a counter. Maybe they're bots. Yeah, yeah, they're all bots. I'm speculating. I'm not. I'm not in that camp or whatever. But I assume if if I grew up with WWE and I love that brand so much, and there's another brand, and everyone's saying, "Hey, look, this may be as good as the thing I love." There may be a propensity to say, "No, no, no, our stuff is the best." You know, the, whatever it is, the thing I like is good. That could be it, but I'm just speculating at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, it's silly. It's silly to me. I'm not going to, I just, I don't think it's for me to go, you can't feel like that. Uh, You know, you're not allowed to feel this way. I just, you know, hopefully eventually you grow up. That's all. (laughs) All right. Well, do we want to add anything else about AEW or move on to some raw highlights? I don't know. Is there any like news Um, coming out of there? Well, that's pretty much what we have here. We kind of went over everything that's came out so far. So I think we're good to move on.
Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now, uh, Raw, there was quite a few things that happened on there. We had the Brock Lesnar Brock party, which was kind of fun, where he was supposed to say, like, you know, what he was going to do on there, but it didn't really happen who he was going to choose to select to go forward for the championship, that sort of thing. Uh, Bray Wyatt also introduced his new character, The Fiend. Am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? Okay. And then um, Baron Corbin is now the number one contender against Seth Rollins for the Super Showdown. And then we also had the match with the Iconics, Becky, I mean, sorry, Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics, which I know you thought was good. Any yeah. Thoughts? And what about the match? What about that four way with, um, you know, that Corbin one? Oh, so, with Lashley. Yeah. yeah. I thought it started out kind of funky, but I thought it started working real. Like I start, I start, they, I think they started grooving, you know, halfway through that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and I'll be honest with you, much shit is, is, you know, people give Baron Corbin. I thought he looked good in that match. I, I And, you know, I'm, I haven't always thought that about him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I don't know. I kind of gave him, like, I don't know, you hear, see my tweet last night about the, you know, it must be nice to, uh, um, if the airline loses your luggage, you can just send someone to men's warehouse to get you new wrestling gear. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a joke. You know, people laughed and, you know, I mean, Taylor Williamson was like, uh-huh. and, but that was like kind of a, a joke, but it was, I was coming like from an authentic place. Like there's nothing wrong with like, that's the, that's what they have him wearing like for his character. And like, we can make fun of her or whatever, but, um, you know, that's not his choice. Right. You know, and, and it is like if you've ever been a wrestler or like even a, just an entertainer that's had to have, you know, costumes or gear made. I mean, that's a motherfucker, mm-hmm. especially when there's a bunch of other people there trying to get shit made, too. So, yeah, if you lose your if you lose your gear bag, you're fucked, hmm. you know, unless you're Baron Corbin, then you can go, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Off the so, yeah. Just go down to the, you know, the men's clothing store. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, Corbin replacing AJ Styles, who had a back injury, uh, storyline back injury. Yeah. That's why he's not going to to Jeddah because they haven't mentioned the the country what Jeddah's in. Um, he did look good in that match. Uh, do we think that we want to see Seth against Corbin one more time? Or do you think um, honestly, I think uh, take it or leave it. I don't okay. think it's anything like, oh boy, can't wait for that one. <laughs> right. We're gonna be honest. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. All right. All right. So, but you liked the match, though, the four-way. I did. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't think there was, any, I mean, other than, like, it just seemed just a little awkward when yeah. it first started. Yeah. So, um, and I guess I could elaborate on that, but it just, there's just ways of, it just went, okay, when... All four guys in a fatal four-way are all going at it for too long. In the beginning, like it's just you're like, okay, somebody's got to get shut down, so you can start the match building up properly. Else, it's just four guys kind of just, you know, going back and forth, chopping meat back and forth on each other. So um, that's the way it felt in the beginning for a little bit until they actually got into the meat and potatoes of the match. So, um, okay. What know. about Becky Lynch and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics? I really like the what I saw of it. I didn't see the whole thing, but I, I, okay, so I, I get critical of hot tags, and I know you, you know what I mean by hot tag, okay, when the, 
baby face is down and you know they get heat on the baby face and then something happens and then they finally make the tag well it's just it gets so to where when you see that happen everyone comes in and they do the same shit clothesline 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 this you know what i mean this and you got to change it up and sometimes you don't got you don't have to do a million like and i just thought I thought Becky's hot tie was really good, and the people were into it, and they were hot. And I thought it flowed nicely, and she she filled space. People are wondering what the fuck I mean by filling space. When somebody, like when you bump somebody, and they're getting up, like some people just stand there, and you can tell they're fucking just, okay, hurry up and get up so I can hit you with the next thing. Or you can do other things, like, you know, um show emotions and, and different kind of movements that make it so it doesn't look like that. And it, and it keeps the people in it, you know? And, uh, and I thought that she did that really well, really well. And when she came in, the hot tag, everything flowed really nicely until the finish. Every, like it, it was just, it was, I was really impressed with that, with that part. So. It, it's interesting because I guess now that you mention it, I guess I always kind of assume a hot tag happens. You have to do the clothesline, clothesline, clothesline. But exactly, you, you think that because fucking everyone does it. Yeah, I dare people to change that shit up. <laughs> That's what's up. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to go over with Raw? Anything well, that yeah, stood no, out? No, there's other matches, you know, I that I saw. I thought that fucking um, Cesaro and Ricochet, Ricochet crushed it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good match. Crushed it. So there is one point where I don't know. They were going corner to corner and, and Cesaro hit Ricochet with the lifter. Uh, they're called lifters. A lot of people just, you know, those up, those European uppercuts. Um, and it, I've never seen anyone register and sell a fucking lifter like that. There, if you watch Brett, Brett Hart, and and you know Brett and my my match when I was one two three kid, and Brett because Brett those amazing lifters, and Brett used to say like that no one sold a lifter better than I did in that match, and I would agree with him until I saw that fucking match last night. Yeah, that match at, uh, on Raw with Cesaro and, and Ricochet. He hit Ricochet with that lifter and knocked him halfway across the ring. He, it was incredible. Like, it's just the way they go, the way they were going in and out of different things and just coming up with just slightly different ways of doing things. And yeah, um, those are the kinds of things and those are the kind of matches that help build stars. Mm-hmm. You know, not that they're not already stars, but help take people to the next level in the eyes of the of the fans you know uh yeah i could i could i i am not tired of seeing i mean that's the second match they've had in the, in the um, weeks, yeah. yeah not tired of it yet mm-hmm. i could i could i'll take another one next week it's very easy to write off ricochet as someone just a, a high flyer guy who does the flips and stuff but he he can sell i think one of his hidden weapons and talents and i i do think if, if given the right space he could be one of the the treasures of the main roster for sure I think he will. I think he will be, and uh, I just from see. I I first met him, and we like we were 
Yeah, I met him on different things, and we've been on different shows together over the years. But at one point, I didn't even remember because he didn't even look anything like he does now. Mm-hmm. We were on Chikara show together. You know, he was probably, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds lighter. Or, I don't know. And had hair. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to man. I can tell yeah. You. <laughs> uh, and so that, and then like I, I, te- I toured with him in Australia a couple of years ago. And I mean, it was amazing then. But when you go to NXT and you learn and you, you learn from people like Shawn Michaels on the what to do in between the moves shit, you know, he's come you know, he's come a long way from the Indies to you know, to where he is now, selling and all that, you know. Yeah. And adding to you know, to the the great athleticism and the fucking incredible spots. And like he's incredibly strong, you know. Yeah. For his size, I, I've seen him pick guys up and, you know, muscle guys around in the ring where it was like, God damn, I can't even help him, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just think that they have, I mean, he, they could put him in, in like, they could put him in the main events if they build him up properly. Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Both those guys. Uh, Cesar has already been there a while and it's like, you know, it's no surprise that he's going out there and. You know, I, I'd like to. Are they going to use him as a singles guy now? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, as Seamus recovers from an injury, he's seen the bars on hiatus and they move him to Raw. So at least they're building. I like, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Cesaro carry a singles title around there. Fair, yeah. He's one of those guys that always comes out and does what he's supposed to do, has yeah. a solid match with any competitor that he has. And yeah. he, he always and he always does he always has that connection with the crowd where he's able to get people to cheer at the right moments yeah. or boo at the right moments or whatever. So I feel like he's one of those guys where he, he's been looked over a bit. We can see sure. him do a lot more there. And then you get this curse of the great worker, like, Oh yeah, he's great, so we could just do this with him or uh, put him in there with this guy. How about you feature him? Mm. You know, he's great, so why don't you feature him instead of, you know, having him try to make the guy that's not as good as him. Work with him, yeah. Yeah, so. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a couple other things. I wasn't a fan of the electric chair segment at all. Right. We could do without that ever again. <laughs> and it was on the Dark Hour episode of Raw. Like, the last two weeks have been experimenting with the lighting effects and all that, so the lights were turned down. It was a black ring. Chair in the middle, and uh, Sami Zayn goes to town against the Kansas City, Missouri crowd. To uh, diminishing effect, I guess. Yeah, you know we try things and things. You know, sometimes you wonder how things. <laughs> um, you know, because there's a lot of ideas that are thrown out in you know writing mm-hmm. sessions and that, and you know somehow someone that made it through all the different uh, filters. Filters, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay, then. They actually found an actual electric chair, which I didn't think they still made those or sell that prop, but props to them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Was there anything else that you wanted to hit on for Rob that you thought stood out or shown? I enjoyed I enjoyed Seth and, and Sammy. Nice. I did. I thought it was good. I thought um, I liked it a lot. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, do we want to add anything else or do we want to wrap it up now? Mm probably wrap it up all right well we can go ahead yeah. and wrap it up <laughs> all right well 
Uh, we'll see everybody right here next week. Hey, do you want to give yeah, all the fucking... Yeah. Let me go ahead and real quick. So, guys, just so you all know, we are officially on Spotify as well. So you guys can uh, just right. search up XPOC12360 on the search browser. Make sure to follow us on there. We're also on iTunes. If you guys don't know that already, please make sure to go and give us a five-star review, a nice review on iTunes. And then, of course, you can find us on YouTube.com slash XPOC. And then on Twitter, you can find us at XPOC12360show, where you can get exclusive clips. We always put out different stuff on there and then also on instagram we are xpoc12360 as well as on facebook so make sure to give us a like and all of that stuff and get connected with us spread the word guys so that our podcast can continue to grow so and so also if you guys want to keep follow or you guys want to follow me you can check me out on twitter or instagram at underscore denise salcedo youtube.com slash denise salcedo all right well oh yeah also real quick i want to thank mark madden for uh, hosting the my panel at the starcast this weekend uh, it was just he and I out there, and uh, he did a he did a great job of um, of leading me through that, and the people seemed to enjoy it, and uh, and so yeah, thank you, Mark Madden, and uh, and thanks everyone for tuning in, and um, we'll see you right here next week from the beautiful After Buzz TV studios in North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow Xbox on Twitter at The Real Xbox, and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.